This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What happens when you mix low IQs? And misinformed rage. Trump that bitch! On September 16th, the nation's capital will find out the hard way. I'm insane! I like to stab people! Trump supporters! I believe Donald. I'm telling you, he says what I'm thinking! Juggalos! Look like a motherfucker. I want to find a skinny-ass little bitch and make her fat. Then we go lose weight together and we'll bond. <laughs> Two of the modern world's lowest IQs finally clash for idiot supremacy. He's like one of us. He may be a millionaire, which separates him from everybody else. But, but besides the money issue, he's still in tune with what everybody is wanting. WWE presents Inbred, White and Blue. You can't get this family love and all these people anywhere else in the world. You're referring to incest. Kind of, because we're like all brothers and sisters, yet we still fuck our lets. Clowns versus conservatives. Something's got to give. And hopefully nobody gets pregnant. I knew that he was a wealthy, successful man. And I remember asking my mother if I could write him a letter to ask him how he made his money so that I could do it. <laughs> the only year I've missed was 08, and that was because house arrest. And it took almost everything in me not to cut off Michael Bryce and go. Be there. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Spych. Hey, oh, loud. Whoa, whoa. what is yeah, going know, on? Okay, so it was loud, and then you doubled down and then loud. You were like, loudest, loud. dude. Metal Sucks Podcast, everybody. Petter Spych here, always joined by Brandon Hahn. This week, we got Brendan Small. Galacticon 2 Become the Story is out this Friday, August 25th. We will be playing a trek from that record later on sir and uh if you didn't hear our bit that's kind of the new story we want to start off with <laughs> so we want to start off with the rally of the gathering of the or the juggalos and the trump supporters are going to have a clash in um in dc in dc yeah. well not a cl- well we're, we're, we're we sold it as a clash mm-hmm. but by the uh, way i like i really liked how you just snorted your books right into the microphone what books? Yes. <laughs> did you hear it, by the did way? Did you hear the books? Did everybody hear, uh, Pete, uh, I left the books in at the end of the bit, so right before, <laughs> go back and catch the bit, and you'll hear Pete right at the end. Like He does like yeah. a quick a quick wet sniffle. Yeah, it was, uh, It was. Uh, you know, when I do a read sometimes and books are falling, I don't let them hit the microphone. Dude, it was. And it when was. I'm sick, I, I tough it out for the Metal Sucks crowd. See, I decided to leave the books in there because I'm an artist. Yes. And I come real. Yes. I come correct. You come correct. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give the Metal Sucks audience some fake Pete who's who's yeah. pretending to not be sick. I want to make sure everyone knows that you're sick and you're fighting through the pain to do this podcast. And you didn't ask me in, in the editing bay if I, you should leave that in there. No, I just talked about being an artist. <laughs> I don't ask for. I don't ask anybody's opinion. I do what I do. I know. You man. either like it or you don't. I'm sick, but I'm still going to make it to Cycle Dude, Vegas oh tomorrow. Oh God! Yeah, you're such an inspiration. Such Anyways. an inspiration. Speaking of inspiration. The, the Juggalo Rally. Here's the thing. I have, like, we talked about the Juggalos before on, the, on this program. I have nothing but respect and amazement on the success the Insane Clown Posse has done really virtually by themselves okay. in making this brand and making a, 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 a true community of people. This is something that is not easy to do. Exactly. What, what, they, did was, what they did was they basically just appealed to... 
like all the people that everyone they even say it themselves juggalos say it themselves they're like we're the outcasts of society yes. and this is how we ended up finding each other yes. you know so it's kind of so in a way in a way yeah you're you're right it is a it is an inspiration that everybody just got together and they're like you know who would have thought songs about clowns raping and stabbing people would bring people together that my friend is- like who would have thought that that would have been the foundation of family, as they like to call it. That's part of the mystique. That's part of so I'm getting at. the uh, the impressment, if that's a word. Impression? Impressing? No. Impressment? That's part of what impresses me. Okay, there you go. Okay. Please, God, don't ever use that word ever again. God, it was like you just said the N-word. I was so mad at you for I, a second. I, I saw I your like, eyes. What? I saw your eyes. Hey, hey, the racial tensions in the world right now, we oh, can't have God. jokes like that, Brandon. So stupid. Calm down. I hate the world. <laughs> so, God, I hate the world. <laughs> so anyway, so... Go so, out and bang somebody that's not your color. Let's just get everyone on the same page where everyone looks the same. <laughs> it's like, God. Just, let's just all be like one... You know, whatever, whatever it is when everybody just, I don't know what, what color everybody would be. Yeah. Just just be whatever. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's just get this shit out of the way. It's, it's holding back progress. And, uh, and if Juggalos bang Trump supporters, we're scared that it's oh. going to hold back progress even more, right? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's the thing is that Could you will, imagine, like, will Trump there be a supporters clash, or are they the I same? See, I actually brought this up before because I do know a lot, I, I have met Juggalos that are very like anti-racist and you know and they and they definitely and their hearts are in the right place but let's let's this is what the world is doing right now and i'm not gonna but i'm but i'm not saying but you gotta understand something no 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 what yeah. i'm trying to tell you though is like and i'm telling i have met trump there. supporters that have been the same way yes i am not i i am not subscribing to the groupthink mentality to where i have to assign racism towards a Trump supporter sit there and yeah. be like you're a, you're a Nazi I'm like look I understand that if you're you know you're not a Nazi but when you do go to the rallies uh-huh. and you have Nazis standing right next to you and you're all cheering for the same thing. Let me explain it's something, like, I'm just telling you that I've been it, at it Slayer concerts, yes. and so have you, yeah. and I look right over here, and sure enough, there's somebody with a fucking yeah. Adolf Hitler shirt. You're right. right. So it's like, by saying, that's, that's my argument with people, because people said that to me, too. I'm like, look, dude, I've been in that situation. What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm just supposed to enjoy the show. Whatever crowd comes the difference with it. Is, the difference is Slayer isn't trying to govern the people Extreme that's the difference that's right yeah no that's i know that. the difference but the that's why is, it's, that's that- why it's so scary when you see somebody who is in office our president uh-huh and then you see his supporters and they still have no problem chanting alongside with these nazis and kkk members i mean it's like you're talking about back to my point though yeah oh, are we not saying. screaming rain and blood with this this piece of shit that's next to us i mean we're doing the but same again, thing we're not but Slayer is not the president. No, I, I they do. Are not, they I are not in the, the White House. I understand the different levels. I understand. That's but what this is about. a rally. You're right. This is not. These are not. You're not standing with the president. You're standing with supporters of something you believe in. That's what we're talking about. So the crowds are not the president. Now, so we can't generalize this like much, much more, I guess, than, than what we just said is like we can't really say like if you're this or that. Because it's not the case. No, it's not the we, case. We talk about this on the show all the time. Individualism. Everybody's an individual. Everybody. A lot of us are idiots, and a lot of us are smart, or a lot of us are in between, or whatever the case may be. But we're all individuals. My so. thing is this: if like with juggalos, though, like if there are conservative juggalos, yeah, and I'm sure there is. Uh, if there are conservative juggalos and they show up at a Trump's Trump rally and they start, and I think they will be the ones that will punch. 
like a Nazi, or they'll, they'll be the ones. They'll be the ones that punched one of those KKK I members so. or, the, or the Nazis. You yeah. know, I'm fine with I'm fine with violence. You know, against hate. You know, I'm just well. No, I'm not. Let me no, not say that because again, so, uh, again, you can't fight. Vi- you can't no. fight hate. Hate with, with more hate. hate. Yeah, you can't that, do it. That is the problem with everything right now. Is that people are like, well, if that's what they are about, this is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. So and then, but violence and hate, all it does is get negative publicity for everybody. For everybody. And then and then and then everybody and then meanwhile the people that are in your group, you're watching these guys commit these acts of violence yeah. and you're over here like motherfucker i'm getting blamed for that shit i had nothing to do with it you get what i'm saying that is a actual good point man yeah it, it does overshadow all the good people because all the people that disagree with these actions because of the generalization and the groups that we're getting you know labeled in and all that stuff i'm completely with you on that you know and i think that's truly unfair like i said if i'm standing next to a nazi at a slayer show Okay. I don't somebody su- starts calling you a Nazi. And somebody's like, you're hanging out with Nazis. Like, I- I'm going to be like, no, fuck those guys. Well, why don't you punch them in the face? No, I'm not going to do that. That's not my place. If he wants to do what he wants to do, that's fine. I'm here for the music, and I can separate him from me. But it seems like in the world, you can't. And that's what's so strange right now. How do you separate who's in the audience with you? Well, How do you separate something you have in common with someone that's ignorant, you know? Well, the funny thing is, is like before the election, you know, Trump supporters, they had a couple of people getting assaulted at the actual rallies, uh-huh. you know? And they ended up getting the label of violent. And then sure enough, like, but, you know, you go to some of these other liberal rallies and somebody shows up to support Trump, they're not getting their ass whipped. You know, the same thing is happening. No, that's uh, dude, the same thing is happening, dude. Both I live sides, in the gray. This whole Antifa thing. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. They are not helping. No, they, they are, are not. not helping. And I, I hate that they're taking a message that is agreed upon with 90 percent of the well, I don't want to say 90 percent of the world, most of the world, you know, the modern world. And they're using it for violence. Yes. And they're using it for hate. That, that's the problem. And I hate that. I'm like, dude, every everything you say out of your mouth, I'll agree with. But then your actions, I disagree with wholeheartedly. And you're the movement that I'm supposed to join on. No. Or you're the, you're the side. That's what I'm saying. It's like both sides. I always say this about protesters that, that get violent or do something extreme. Like if you're protesting something and you get violent and you do it extreme, you do the opposite yeah. of what you're trying. You just to fucked do. up everything. Yes. You you if you got violent, you and you got violent and you let your emotions get the best of you, you fucked up everything Thank that you are marching for. That everybody and that not everybody, only, not you, not just you, not everybody, everybody. Everybody that is marching with you, you fucked up that message so bad. I want you to know that. Yeah. I want you to know that. Like the idiots, now granted, it's like, you know, the, those cousin fuckers in Virginia, you know, the white supremacist yeah, that got yeah. in his car or whatever. Yeah. It's like, dude, now as a result of that, there are people that go, well, if you voted for Trump, you're like this guy that drove that, his car into people. Exactly. And it's like, you can't really do that. No. You can't do that. And people will do that. They will do Same that. Same thing happened when, when I and remember. And don't get me wrong, man. It's like when this shit happens, like when that guy drove into the people, yeah. like there was a couple of minutes where I'm like, this is how these Trump supporters think. And I'm like, dude. And then I had it's to tell myself. It's easy to think that way. That's what I'm saying. It's easy to that, think that way. And that's what I'm getting at. Because you're not one of them. So you want right. to separate yourself from exactly. them. Exactly. And then you want to blame them and be like, oh, I hate them. But it's, it's like, so that's not easy. the truth. It's yeah. so easy. The easy way in this situation is what has been fucking everyone over. Everyone that's going like, oh, it's common sense. No, it's not common sense. Sometimes. You have to stop and examine the situation, then make a statement. Exactly. That's what. That's why. And that's why. That's why Trump gets himself in trouble so many times because yeah. he doesn't stop and examine the situation before he speaks. But then, like just this past week, you know, he yeah. gives this bullshit explanation about what happened and everything, and it was like, 
he, and then he said, then he even says it. He goes, oh, well, I like to make sure I get all the facts before I speak. You, that's how you won the presidency is speaking is shooting from the fucking the knee jerk reaction. Yes. And that's, and that's, that's what a, it was. A lot of times with the knee jerk reaction. Wow. We didn't think we were going to do this. Mm-mm. No, our script actually had us talking about Mike Patton bowling well, then, at the Brooklyn Bowl. But anyways, let's wrap this part up. It's, it's all right. So the last thing is like any, any time a group, like you said, does take, um, it's passion. That's all it is. It's fine, dude. Anytime a group takes, one person takes it upon themselves to represent an entire group. I remember a story where the Black Lives Matter, you know, there was something in Texas and somebody decided to start shooting cops. You yes, know, yes. remember that? Dallas, yeah, the in Dallas, Dallas situation. And then everybody was like, Black Lives, you know, it attacked the, the entire yeah, group. Exactly. And then when you, Same look, at, thing, when right? you look at the internet, when you look at in the internet, everybody that is a Trump supporter it immediately says BLM. As a terrorist, a terrorist organization. Group. Yeah, yes. and it's like, no, one guy ruined it for everyone. And, he, and, and here's the thing. Black, he, tried to, he tried to actually be a legit member of Black Lives Matter, and they told him no. I know, but people don't read that part. They read the headline. Yes. That's the thing. They don't read three, three paragraphs. It's over. They read the headline, and then they spread the lies. And then that group is, is a terrorist group, and Trump supporters are all Nazis, and it's like, people and it's funny though jugglers are all whatever you know you, you know i'm just but, saying but like but people. it is funny though yeah. because it's like they'll go they'll go all oh, the meat like you know you have the conservatives they'll sit there and blast the media for reporting this fake news but then you look at the liberals and it's like same. stop trying to say that fox news isn't spreading the same amount you know yeah. the same amount of you know the misleading news that cnn is it, they're both they're both capable they're, they're of doing both, these things. But because they're media outlets and they're doing the total opposite, most people are checking both sites every day, checking both channels every day. Most people are getting both sides now, so it's actually helping them. You know what I'm saying? Because people want to see, okay, well, CNN saying this. Let me check Fox News because before you would have kind of like a, a universal thing or they're choosing to only believe what they want to That's read. That's always what it is, Okay. Dude. And choosing the one site, but a lot of people are, are trying to get information from everywhere now. All it's the, not as easy as it used to be. I think a lot of people are like checking four or five sites a day to see what's going on. You know, same with metal news. I'm sure people are checking many. Metal I'm sure news. they could, but yeah. the difference is though is when you are as a like let's just say if you are a passionate Hillary supporter, let's just say you were right. Uh-huh. You're a passionate Hillary supporter. Mike Patton be- bold and sang a song <laughs> at the Brooklyn Bowl. But I'm I just, saw it. Okay, thank you. But I'm just <laughs> saying that. But, uh, but, I mean, but all I'm saying is, though, you will only go to websites that support her. If you are a Trump supporter, the last thing you want to do is go to MSNBC or CNN and watch them and watch them blast your guy. That's yeah. the last thing. And then when somebody does blast them, they don't look at, they don't, this is what happens. They're so, nowadays people are so defensive and they're so afraid to go, eh, I fucked up and voted for the wrong person. Instead of saying something like that, mm-hmm. they just double down and they go harder and harder and harder. That's how, that's how this world works. And then when you have a whole website that backs up your beliefs, even though it's been, even though this other website is telling you that is giving you. Here's the thing. What, what people are missing out on is they're going, this is fake news. And I'm like, no, it's just... It's, it's worded it, it's, to it's, a certain... Group. Yes, it's, yeah. wor- it's, it's news that doesn't back up your theory. So if, it's fa- so if it's news that doesn't back up your theory, you're going to call it fake? No, it's news. It just doesn't fit in with what you... Your perspective. Yes. Yeah. That's so, all. And that's true, man. So Mike so, Patton was Mike bowling. Patton was did, he get a, <laughs> did, he get, did he get a strike? So I got to see Dead Cross, uh, I think, last Friday at the Brooklyn Bowl and uh, Mike Patton. You guys do not miss Dead Cross. I mean, they play the entire record in its entirety. Um, we will have 
an episode up here soon. I got to talk to a member of that band. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. Probably next week. And uh, pretty much like he stops or he's playing the show. He runs over. He jumps over. Patton. Mike Patton, yes. sir. He takes a ball and he bowls and then he comes back in there. So I didn't realize this was news because I didn't film it. I would have totally like sent an email to the bosses and be like, hey, Patton did this. And then it popped up on the website as news. And I'm like, I'm glad it got news because I could talk about it. now. <laughs> well, it's hilarious. That's Dude, what it is. It's Patton, well, that's bro. why He's Patton's the best, the best man. Because this is what Mike Patton The does. best singer of this generation in metal, alternative okay. rock, whatever. Are you talking about the, the tone of his voice? Or are you talking Everything. about the antics? Everything. Or, so you're the best front man. Front man. Okay, the, front man. And then everybody says Greg from Dillinger is kind of up there, but I, I always see Greg mimicking Patton. I think Greg's amazing, but I don't. Uh, Patton's the original to me. Well, the thing is with so, Mike Patton, yeah. like Pete and I, this, this kind of goes back to the Juggalos thing where it's like if you believe that you're doing the right thing yeah, and, you know, and you're not hurting anyone, and let's face it, as much as we do not really like ICP's music, they're not hurting anybody for the most part. No, the news story, like we talked about a couple weeks back, the news stories are always really, really bad and really stupid, but... Are they like a terrorist group? Or no, I know. I know the uh, the FBI like deemed them a gang. A gang. Yeah. So they, dumb. Nah, it's, they're not a gang. I, I don't feel that way. They're a bunch of morons that like D and D a little too much, and they might chop off a finger as a blood sacrifice. That's that, it. That's it's just totally kind of, generalization. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. They saying. might like Magic the Gathering. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm getting at. You know, <laughs> but I mean, but with Mike Patton, he embraces that though because Mike Patton. Let's face it. Especially in the eighties, and he was coming. You know, uh, when he, uh, he started in eighty nine, so late eighties. Okay, late eighties. Yeah. But when he, but well, he joined the band probably in eighty eight. Yes, right? it was and late. then they wrote. Yeah, that's still late, bro. It is. It is. <laughs> oh, thank you. When anyway. you say eighties, it's like eighty two, right. eighty five. But just, all I'm saying sorry. is, is this yeah. guy came in, he brought in a totally different sound. He wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't that. Those sounds really weren't coming out in metal. You know, like he he brought he brought there was a lot of different new things, and he took a lot of chances, and then he took even more chances yeah. when he left the band. Faith No More was definitely, and I mean, you know, they're they're on that echelon, and luckily they're getting their popularity when they were union that they deserved back in the day. I remember seeing them on their final tour in '97. It was them and Limp Biscuit opened for them, uh, uh, crazy enough. And I mean, there was maybe a hundred fifty people there. And this is Faith No More on the album of the year tour, you know. And uh, I just remember thinking, man, and then Angel Dust, everything he did was exactly that. It was just an original take of something completely different. And obviously the rest of the band deserves a lot of credit too. But then when he broke off to do something like Fantomas and all of us followed him, you know, this guy has always been on the absolute fringe of something different, something new, and he's always done something original no matter what. He's headstrong, and that's the thing. Like, Very headstrong, I think yeah. if you are an artist... Mike Patton is one of those artists where he'll do something and he doesn't flinch. He doesn't flinch. He's like, I like the way it sounds. I don't give a fuck if you don't like the way it sounds. I like the way it sounds. Put it on the fucking record. And it goes on the record. And sure enough, I mean, it's, and then he kind of leaves it to everyone else's devices. I mean, that's just what the, that's when you have unwavering belief in the same, and the same thing goes called conviction. When you have unwavering belief, this conviction, just like ICP, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't want to put ICP on the level of artists as Mike Patton, but it's like, we're not doing that. But I'm just saying though, when you have that kind of, but again, Hey, how many people are like, you're going to dress up like clowns and you're going to talk about slicing your dicks in half. You're dumb. 
you're fucking dumb. And they're going to like, well, I'll show you. No. And they fuck. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I met, if I met Shaggy Too Dope and uh-huh. Violent J back in the, like, they've been around since, like, five. yeah, when know. they got started, yeah, when they know. got started, I would have been the first one to be like, you guys are so fucking dumb. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I would expect them. To, I'm, I would expect every one of those guys, after all the money they've made and let, you know, in this gathering the, of the juggalos, that's a lot of people that show up to those things. Dude, yeah. I would expect them to call up everybody that, that doubted them, all the naysayers, and just be like, fuck you, suck my black and white painted dick. You know what I mean? Like, I would do the same thing. And Mike Patton, I'm sure, does the same thing. And that's what leads him to do things like bowl in the middle of his set. It's because the guy... <laughs> during the song. It was during the well, song. Well, because Mike Patton is all about doing what he wants to do. So if you're a performer and you keep doing the same shit over and over again, you know, like the guys that... The, the live bands that Pete hates, like the guys that just do the hits, and that's all they do. Mike Patton I don't want to say I not, hate Megadeth, but come on, change the set list, y'all. But, change the set list, Megadeth. But, come on. But the thing is, though, see, where Megadeth does that for the fans, yeah. you know what I mean? And let's face it, there are a lot more fans like myself that want to hear the hits than fans like you that want to hear all the new shit. Well, I just want them to change the fucking okay. set list. Okay. And they, and, and I've the thing, seen it like 12 yeah. times. It's the same set yeah, list. And Megadeth that Every has time. the songs to do. Yeah. They they got enough great songs to change up yeah, the set list do, a little man. bit. And but the thing is though, is like when you're when you're patting though, you do things like bowl in the middle of your set to make your job more exciting. Yeah. And he does that, and that's why. And so so when he does things like this, granted, when he was doing something like that, when he's bowling or whatever, he was probably telling Lombardo and the guys, "He's like, watch me do this shit." You yeah. don't think I'll do it? Watch this. Watch how fucking watch how fucking great this is, right? And he'll go up there and do it. And I'm sure he was laughing his ass off when he came back. Everybody was probably laughing at the rest of the band was probably laughing with him. Oh, dude, no, the whole crowd, dude. Like I said, I, I saw him one time with Tomahawk. This is the fifth band I've seen him in. I've seen him with Bungle, Faith No More, Tomahawk, uh, Fantomas, and this is the fifth band, Dead Cross. And and uh, one time when we saw Tomahawk. He ran out. He was wearing uh, an outfit like uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat. He had like a... Okay, and the hat. The hat. Yeah, the triangle hat. And he rolled out, and he had like his... uh, It was on the House of Blues, so it was a higher stage. And he had his... um, He kind of has his like... I don't want to say DJ, but his mix board and all his stuff that he does his voices with. And he runs out, and it was like Tomahawk and Melvin's, and he hits the soundboard, and it falls off the stage... And it's like anybody would panic because everything's kind of, you know, he's got it programmed. And this is back in like 2003. This is on the Mick Gas tour. This was back then, you know. And that dude didn't even flinch. He laughed. He pulled microphones from like the, the security guards handing them pieces. And they didn't even miss a beat, dude. And the whole thing fell right off the stage. Like, I don't know. What is that? Five feet high? Yeah, uh, Maybe more. Yeah, probably five or six. Five yeah. or six feet high. And dude, he didn't even flinch. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't take it serious. And he knows exactly like his talents, and that's I don't know, man. Well, I think when you're that good, when you're that when you're that talented, and when you're that good, yeah. You you you. No matter what happens, you're like I got this. I got this. That's always how it that's, is. I agree, so. man. And so, speaking of someone that we are absolutely uh, over the moon with, that we think are extremely talented, Brendan Small here. We were just watching a guitar play through on the duel. Like, oh, dude, he played one of Squiz Guards like guitar. <laughs> we parts. just sat there and stared, and we're like, "All right, we got to get to work, bro. Dude, we, can't, we can't just go down the YouTube Brendan Small rabbit dude, hole." Right I'm here. watching that guy play guitar because I play a little guitar, like a little yeah. little bit of guitar, yeah. and like, and, no, I, and, I'm been, and here's the thing: like, I play like an hour, hour and a half a day trying to get good, and I'm not. Yeah. Meanwhile, I see Brendan Small just shred, do the Squiz Guard. He did the Squiz Guard part. To the battle, 
to the to the, the dueling. Duel. Yeah, yeah. It was between him and Toki, right? Yeah, it was on the Guitar World uh, YouTube. But I mean, we were just down the rabbit hole. Me like, dude, so happy we got to talk to him. So happy, so happy about that. Uh, like I said, new record does come out August twenty fifth. This is this Friday, guys. It's Galacticon two. Become the storm. Here is our interview with Brendan Small. Peter and Brandon here, Metal Sucks Podcast. We got Brendan Small, Galacticon, on the phone with us. How are you doing today, Brendan? I'm doing well, thank you. How do you do? We are doing well ourselves, by the way. Brandon, are you going to speak? I, I'm doing great. Just, <laughs> just had a coffee. Oh, good. Did a bump. I'm ready to roll. It's been, I'm going to ignore his bump comment. <laughs> it's been five years since the last Galacticon album, but And uh, first single, My Name is Murder, has a media different vocal approach. It's got more kind of like a death clock sound to it. Uh, is this part of the conceptual evolution of the project, or are you just feeling the death metal more this time around? <clears throat> well, uh, here's the thing. I Well, I did... Let's see. The last record I put out was not a Galacticon record. It was the Doomstar Requiem, which is a big musical version of Metalocalypse, an hour special with a 50-piece orchestra. And before that, I did um, Death Album 3. And before that, I did Galacticon 1. Oh. So Galacticon 2 comes after all that stuff. And after the show being um, finished without, a, without its uh, final story. So... What I have here is basically I'm done doing Death Clock. I'm not using that name anymore, but it's kind of me taking the sound that I've developed and, and using it because there's some of these songs sound better with the kind of brutal vocal and some of them sound better with a more melodic vocal. So I took everything. I took the whole whirlpool of sounds that I've been working on over the last decade and basically put a whole concept around it and said, this is what this sounds like. I'm going to go as brutal as I want to go. I'm going to go as melodic as I want to go, and I'm going to make it sound like it's all coming from the same place. So when you hear the whole record, you're going to go, okay, I get it. There's melodic parts. There's kind of brutal parts, and sometimes they're coexisting in the same song. And um, and I, I think it turned out the way exactly that I wanted it to sound like. So I did use brutal vocals. I reserve the right to sound like my voice when I do brutal vocals. <laughs> That's you know? nice. Yeah, you might want to trademark that. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. But um, but uh, yeah, that's what I sound like when I do brutal vocals. I sound like Nathan Explosion. What are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the concept of the whole thing. Is basically with Galacticon. Galacticon initially was a reprise or a reprieve, rather, of of just doing non melodic vocal songs. And so that was an experiment with me taking all these influences that that I that I listen to every day and kind of throwing them into this big bucket of metal and arrangements and guitars and vocal harmonies and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, you are releasing a six-part comic book series around the same time as the new album, and we know it is going to deal with intergalactic divorce. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, that's the concept of Galacticon 1. Mm -hmm. The whole story is basically an intergalactic divorce story. The the thing that happened was I was, I had all this music sitting there for Galacticon one. And I, um, I, I didn't know what I was going to sing about. And all of a sudden I started improvising these vocals and I thought this sounds like an angry guy on his way to save a lady who, uh, he doesn't want to save because he's got personal issues with her. <laughs> right. And that's and that's how I started the whole the whole thing. I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to do a story like, what if Superman 
and Lois Lane got into like a terrible, just a very messy public divorce. And then she started dating Lex Luthor. And, uh, you know, the what a slut. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Well, that's her prerogative. You know, that's (laughs) she's you got to look at it from her. I'm writing a comic book, so I've got to look at it from her point of view. So she gets to do whatever she wants. She's out of the relationship. But uh, but it ultimately ends up being a trap. And that's that's what Galacticon one is about is taking all these kind of superhero themes and taking all these actual realistic themes of of relationships and taking all these metal themes and, and cramming them all into the same kind of suitcase and trying to sit on top of it and close it and it's it's been really fun making it so what character are you most like in the galacticon universe in the galacticon universe people would ask me this of death clock as well Well, that was our next question so yeah people would say like (laughs) what is the most what character are you most similar to and the truth is that you know in metalocalypse um you know, you have to you have to improvise and think like all the characters. But and, and when you're writing, you have to think from the point of view of you have to like almost like if you're a bad guy, you got to find the reason why the bad guy thinks he's the good guy. And that's what writing is. You know, you got to kind of you can't just have a like a, a finger steepled kind of bad guy. Um, otherwise, you can't really use him as a, as a real comedic character. Um, you have to kind of. Like so, for for example, William Murderface. Nobody wants to be William Murderface, but I gotta force myself to think like him for ten years, because. Uh, but he's also he feels like he's passed over and blah blah blah. But what I what I feel like in the in the Death Clock world is I felt like Charles Austin's in the manager because I'm always wrangling all these voices in my head that and trying sense. to make them all work out. And in the the. The world of Galacticon, the main character is a guy named Triton, and that's what the first song is on the first record. And um, it's just establishing this guy who's pissed off and angry and getting over, like just got his walking papers from the girl he thought he had a relationship with. But he also fucked around a little bit, so he's got like his own issues. I don't think I want to be that guy either. I don't think I want to be any of these people. (laughs) These aren't morality tales. These aren't like, hey, inspire to be like these characters. These are just interesting stories that I think have a human side underneath it otherwise if they don't have that i don't think i have anything you know it's funny that you said that uh like nobody wants to be william Murderface. i feel like he's the character that i see most in my life when i walk around like i'm like there's yeah. there's the murder face guy like he, i don't see many nathan explosions yeah. walking around <laughs> like, yeah i see a lot of murder faces i go that guy looks like he could play a bass solo with his dick that guy, that's- he, <laughs> there's something about the way that guy walks his saunter well, it, it's it's funny. His his character was easily the most interesting to write for because the 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 secret of the show is that it's it's about creative relationships. Believe it or not, it's about a family of relationships. So when you're making a TV show, it's kind of echoing what's happening inside of the writers' room half the time or the production of the show because all these little things are happening. Somebody like there's whenever somebody did something lame or crappy or pissed us off and go, okay, well, let's remember that. Cause that's a good murder face story. Right. <laughs> and then, and so, so people that said something in the office or something, it would end up winding up on the show coming out through either murder face or Toki's mouth. They were the lowest on the totem pole and just kind of didn't understand how the production worked. They didn't understand where they fit into the family, you know? So that's kind of the, that, that was the secret sauce to, to kind of, that's why all that stuff resonated because it felt like it actually came from a person and nine times out of 10, it did. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm sure when you go to like Comic Con and you end up meeting some of these fans, uh, and they just start shouting out random lines from the show. Like, what's the one that you have thrown? I already have my line that I throw out, but like, what's the one that you hear the most? Oh, geez. I don't know. I think the the thing about the show is it had so many little catchphrases and lines that they all kind of just wind up in this big pile in my head. And I don't, I don't know which one I hear more than others. I think, um, uh, geez, I, I don't, you tell me, here's the thing is I'm not, I'm not the audience of this show. I'm the guy who makes the show. So my relationship to the show is so vastly different than anybody else's. Okay, I'll give you mine. Mine is a Mariana Trench. <laughs> like <that> was, like, <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. I always quote Pickles Nichols personally, but yeah, I didn't see that one coming, buddy. No, I'm yeah. telling you, dude, I, all, the, all the time, my wife and I just around the house, Mariana Trench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's not a, even a catchphrase. It's an area. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like, yeah it's just, that's why it caught me. I got like, no, nah, that's, that's where he says doing. where he's going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any, like with Galacticon, like the tour, is there any touring plans right now? I mean, um, for that or we're talking about all that stuff right now, yeah, right? It's now, a little yeah, early, so yeah. It's early, but, um, it's, it's interesting. Like the whole, Galacticon coming back to Galacticon and, and basically saying, look, this is, I'm, pa- I'm basically rebranding what I sound like. I'm just using a different title to sound the same way I've sounded. And ma- when you hear the record, you'll go, Oh yeah, this sounds like something he would do. Um, there's no new tricks or anything, but I think it's all in my wheelhouse. So, so what we've been doing, we've just been trying to make sure that our audience, the people who liked all the death clock stuff also, are aware of this project because we think that you'll probably dig this too. And within that, the fun part of it, like the comic book and the potential tour and all that stuff, it's just a big exercise in building a a bigger world, building something that's just as much, just as dense and as much fun as Metalocalypse. Um, But, but with uh, a completely different aesthetic and a different just cast of characters and a different feel. So that's kind of what we've been concentrating on doing lately is you can't just put out a record anymore. You have to put out a whole world. You have to put out like a whole universe. And that's been really fun doing that with, with Galacticon too. And you're succeeding because from a fan perspective, I just see it all as one. I know it sounds weird because yeah. there are different worlds, but I think a lot of people do. Even like the Galacticon, the first record, I just saw it kind of as one, even though it was a different storyline. And hearing the new one, by the way, which comes out August 25th, everybody. Um, Thank you. Like that record um, – it's it just feels like a continuation of of kind of your universe if that makes sense yeah that's that's kind of the idea is to be able to look i love here's what i love and it's maybe because i i was born in the 70s but i didn't get to experience a lot of it so i really covet the 70s a lot so some music from like queen or you know black sabbath or even like like singer songwritery people that the beatles influence like elo and things like that or all these great sci-fi movies or these kind of crappy B sci-fi movies that were influenced by Star Wars but couldn't really nail the look or the feel of the storytelling. I love all that stuff. And this whole project is a big love letter to that era, even though it sounds like modern metal. So I use a lot of techniques in the studio that are very similar to what some of my favorite artists were using, like just tons of background vocals, guitar harmonies like crazy, like the Brian May Queen style stuff. 
uh, high drama. You know, it's just like the song has like an immediate kind of like there's something happening here story wise. What is going on? And that's what I want the audience to figure out. But um, but yeah, that's that's what the whole thing is. It's just a where where I think Metalocalypse was kind of the whole thing was just about me falling back in love with my guitar again. This is a continuation of that, but also just a, more of a love letter of the era that I just really think was one of the most creative eras in American history. That that is interesting you say that because visually though, like Metalocalypse, even you know any of the artwork you guys do or the visual style the show came off, it's very precise and it it looks very big budget in comparison to a lot of stuff. Like you were comparing it to like the B movies of the seventies, but it you kind of have the look of the Star Wars with the feel <laughs> and the writing of kind of like that that era is that something am i off base there is that something that you kind of strive for well i mean having i mean this goes back to the first iron maiden album with eddie on the cover i mean you just want to buy a record because it evokes a whole universe i remember even being a kid and somebody's big sister had like a the sticks album with uh with uh domo arigato mr robot and i saw the back and i saw these robots and i saw this whole story and i saw this this whole world in my brain went crazy and i really liked that i couldn't get the full picture that i got to imagine the in-between moments and all the spaces and stuff and that's what i think is the most fun about being a person that's excited about music is filling in the gaps in your head and and yeah art is a huge part and i try to push the artists that i'm working with as hard as i possibly can and try to just get excited about how this feels different how this feels big how this feels like something that evokes a bigger feeling than just the page it was printed on. And uh, you were talking about um, earlier how when you do release a record, you have to have all these other bells and whistles that go along with it, you know, a.k.a. like the comic book and like the Mm -hmm. the television show. Um, What came first with Galacticon? Was it the idea for the comic book or was it the music first? Well, yeah, that's a good question because – I don't think I would have done it. What happened was Galacticon was a result of me struggling with the label at the time where they had said, hey, let's get started. We were okay with all this stuff. And I rented um, studio space to start you know, recording drums. And I got my producer, uh, co-producer, yeah, mixing guy, Ulrich Wilde on board. And I got Gene Hoagland on board. And everyone shows up the same day. And that same day, I hear that this deal's not done. They have a lot of questions, a lot of problems. And I said, fuck, man. This makes me look like a real jerk. It makes me look like I don't have my shit together. So, okay, you know what? I'm going to go through my hard drive. And I'm going to go through all my demos. I'm going to find the songs I think are a little too melodic for Death Clock. That I don't think are, like, maybe the tunings. Like, I use standard tuning on some songs. I think this may not be a death clock song. I, I hear melodic vocals on this. So I'm going to just grab all these things from this hard drive. I'm just going to, while these guys are here anyway, I'm going to have them. I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to rent the studio. I'm going to do all this stuff. And that's how, that's how the first Galacticon happened. So what happened was we recorded all the drums. I sat with Gene Hoagland. I was like, I don't know what this is for, but let's just do it. And then a couple of days later, we ended up fixing the contract and started recording death clock, death album two. And so I sat around with this hard drive and I was like, man, I spent all this money on Gene Hoagland and Ulrich Wilde and studio time. I better finish this thing (laughs) or I'm going to be out a lot of money. So I figured, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something that's that's exciting, that feels a little different, that 
that um the that where it excites my brain in a different way than death clock does and i like doing death clock stuff and as you can hear on the new record people are going to be reminded by that stuff but um but i also like melodic stuff so that's what happened and i just started kind of carving out i just kept thinking about like 70s sci-fi like flash gordon which was i guess 81 or all these other like the black hole and all these cool things i just loved all the imagery and i love that it was tactile i liked that it was um pre-cgi that you can just tell that there were things even if they were held together by strings and tape on on the set that there was a real world that you can walk through and i and so myself and antonio canobio who's the artist you know the art director from metalocalypse we sat down and we just looked at all these old 70s posters and we started kind of putting this this feel together and that's how the aesthetic came about and uh when when you sound like a guy who's just gotta be busy all the time like if, if you're not if you're, if you're sitting down it, i i think i understand this feeling like if you're sitting down you just feel like you're losing i mean is that is that an accurate assessment <laughs> not at all no way i am like i will I, I, the, the truth is that i am insanely lazy but i'm also i know how i work creatively at this point i've been you know i've been in show business i guess and music business and all that stuff for 17 years now and um and the truth is that I know I'm really good for about three hours a day of creative problem solving and thinking and just, you know, coming up with stuff. And the rest of my day can't be that. It has to be me distracting myself and not overworking an idea because I tend to solve problems when I'm not thinking about them. Okay. So, so, it's, so it's basically it's my job and it's always been my job to come up with a project and see if people are interested in it. And from that point on, Hopefully, I get great collaborative work from the people that I work with. In the case of Galacticon 2, I work with Ulrich, Gene Hoagland, and Brian Beller. And basically, it's my job to show up with a project with a whole bunch of songs and say, hey, guys, this is my idea. I like uh, a lot of it. but And the parts I did for you are just suggestions. It's your job to beat them with cooler ideas. What can you do that's surprising or you can default to the idea, worst case scenario, default to my original idea. But it's your job and my challenge is, what can you do to elevate this and elevate your part? And you can kind of be the executive producer of your part. What would you do? And luckily, every single time they accept that challenge and they either make the decision to do something more exciting, more complicated, or more laid back or more relaxed or draw less attention to themselves at a particular part, and um, and it's a fun collaboration. And that's the same collaboration I asked for in art, in acting, and any of that stuff. Now, with Metalocalypse, though, like, I mean, that had, it, it for a lot of us, it felt like um, that had South Park potential. It had years and years and years and years to go. And, and you guys kept doing it differently. It went from the 10 minutes to the, the 21 minutes, you know, the episodes, and then it went to the right. opera, like you were saying. So you were doing so many creative different things with it. How hard is it just to stop and move on from a project like that? Well, the end was near either way for Metalocalypse. I didn't think, I don't think shows need to go on forever. Gotcha. I do like, I think South Park needs to go on forever. I don't know that <laughs> The Simpsons needs to go on forever. I don't know that any of the big shows need to go on forever. South Park needs to, though, because South Park has kind of invented a place for itself inside of the world of animated television in that it's a great place for social satire and it doesn't lean too hard one way or the other it kind of makes fun of everybody 
and the world needs that. Some of these other shows, the world is like, okay, I get it. Homer's going to screw up again, and Bart's going to say something really sassy, and here we go. And, um, <laughs> and, and we're not I don't even going to touch those... Family Guy. Let's just yeah, move past move, Family yeah, Guy. No, <laughs> yeah. After South Park tore apart Family Guy, I w- it was over. I couldn't watch it anymore. Well, yeah. See, I, I don't. I, and I tend to stay away from most animation, but I do watch. I make time for South Park because I think those guys are musically really, really great, com- comedically really great, story wise, and all that stuff. They got something to say. So, I think that's the one show that needs to go on forever. Metalocalypse didn't. I think it needed to have an end, and um, and that's what I was working towards. So. So um, I don't think it had that kind of – it wasn't the same show. It was a show that was about – it was really, really specific, but also, like it or not, it's really funny. It's it's about a family. You know, you talk, all these other shows that we're mentioning are about, like, brothers or families or whatever. And this is kind of like an office place family show when you stand back and look at it. And it always was, is that there's they're a family that has to work together. And that's what every band is. And creative relationships are really – um volatile and and fucking tricky as hell if you've ever been in one if you've ever been in a band you know what it's like to kind of give notes to receive notes to know where you are in the pecking order to ignore where you are in the pecking order <laughs> to try to supersede the band constantly that's why murder faces and his ego are so much fun because he's trying to he doesn't like where he is in the band. He realizes he's on the, he's literally and figuratively on the bottom. I never been in a band, but I have struggled with a two person podcast before. And uh, <laughs> I'm the Toki, you, if you can't tell. I'm totally the Toki here. Yeah. But that's exactly yeah, that's the same thing. That's my old show, which has absolutely nothing to do with this show, has a lot to do with it in that it's also home movies was a creative relationship between kids and this little family. So it's it's very similar, but I just changed all the shit around it all the just mixed up the paint bucket around all those guys but um but yeah i i think i'm going all over the place but you were asking about tv and how long should it go on and i say i think it must end and i think it must be remembered well i think you got to move on you know guy doesn't keep writing a book forever or at least they try maybe game of thrones is right but um <laughs> But I think he's got an end. In, he's got an end in sight too. We're hoping, man. Gonna, <laughs> There's you know, an yeah, exception to every rule, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so. I guess you're right. Well, he better get his notes out there and make sure someone has them. So uh, yeah, so we can hear the end of that. But but yeah, I don't think I don't think TV needs to end for it. You know, I think I think anytime you get a new season, it's it's a weird job. You know, you we all accept this when we get into the world of TV is that any day could be your last. There's nothing comforting about the world of TV. You walk in every day and you're like, oh, it's a stay of execution. They didn't shoot me in the back today. I think that was the one thing that upset me so much about Metalocalypse. I, I won't watch Cartoon Network anymore because – No, seriously, oh, yeah. because the, like you, you had one more season. It was obvious that the show was like nearing – you know, to an end, and then all of a sudden they're just not going to give it to you anymore. Like, come on, man! We've been we brought we brought ratings, we brought fans. Yeah. Hey, again, it's it's look. I, I can tell you, uh, it affects me very different than it affects the people who stood by the show and watched it. it. They got. I think the fans got really screwed very hard. I don't think I got screwed very hard because I understand the nature of TV is a godless thing. You know, it's like there's no, um, it's not a democracy. You know, it's if someone's in a bad mood, they they take your show away. It's, <laughs> that's it. It's that simple. You know, 
<laughs> and I kind of, I look, I've, any way I look at it, I, I, I walk away going like, look, I created a band that didn't exist and I created a show and I got really huge numbers and the records did really well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's going to go down as, it'll go down in history as, uh, as an injustice. And I think we all know it. And that's the legacy that they want to stick with. If they want that, it's theirs. You know, so and I feel bad for the fans because I think they stuck with it really hard. And that's kind of the reason that Galacticon 2 exists. But you said it, man, like for for us fans out there, like, I mean, I'll never forget, like when you guys toured with Mastodon and when they did Crack the Sky and you guys did afterwards. I mean, you you gave us like so many different avenues to remember that show, not just a TV show. You know, like I have right. like, the live show and and the concert memories and, and the same with like Galacticon. <clears throat> I think that you've got that same concept going here that yeah. you have so many angles that we're well gonna have i'll so tell you this to, yeah <laughs> the uh the whole conversation i mean i'm i'm not talking too much about the live stuff because because there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now but the whole trick here is and this is what i hate about myself that i do to myself constantly is i have put myself in a position of having to talk myself in some way. And it happened all throughout Metalocalypse. Like, how do we top this sequence that happened in the first season? Oh, we have the sequence in the second season. Oh, okay. Now what can we do in the third? Okay. Now we have the fourth season. Okay. Now we top ourselves with a rock opera. And I thought, I think our Metalocalypse live show was really, really good. Yeah, I just it was. think it's an, I think it's to me, I wanted it to feel like you went to <laughs> uh, Disneyland for heavy metal, basically. Like it's a roller coaster ride. Like you, you come on, you, it's it's well produced. It's not just the music; it's the visual, but it's also the music. But it's everything all wrapped together, and the audience plays the part of the audience, which is the coolest thing in the world because they start doing lines from the show as the audience, which is hilarious as well. <laughs> and uh, I love seeing that whole thing, and I love seeing everybody play their part. And you, I, I just I haven't seen that in another live show. But then again, I've only been on the stage of my show, so I have never seen it. So, um, but yeah, that's the idea. Should there be a Galacticon live thing, I have to somehow top that shit. I got to let you know, like, straight up, like, my expectations are there. Oh, <laughs> so, man. God damn it. So when you, you come out, like, <laughs> yeah, there it yeah is. dude, I'm telling you right now, man, like, that was one of the most memorable shows. I brought my friends. I, I had, like, four or five people come with me, and none yeah. of them even liked metal. They're like, I hate metal. No, just trust me. Yeah. It'll be good. And they walked away huge fans. And I'm like, this is the project that can actually bring people that listen to rap music like no I, I don't listen to metal but i listen to death clock that's what you did so. i got a lot of you know what i got a lot of that's my kind of my favorite thing about having done metalocalypse two things one of them is that people who didn't know look it's not about metal it either catches you at a certain age or you have a brother or a sister that got you into it or a kid down the street and then if if you if you don't get it at the crucial age you, you can tend to miss it and some people miss it and some people catch it. And that's one really cool thing that the show did is it got to turn people on to metal. People would say, I don't like metal, but I like Death Clock. What else can you recommend? And I'd go, what can I recommend? Check out the credits of the names of the people that are on the show. This is what I can recommend. There's King Diamond. There's, you know, guys from Enslaved. There's, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. There's Cannibal Corpse and Metallica to, like, mainstream kind of metal to, you know, stuff that only hardcore metal heads know about and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so that's the most fun is that we got to kind of show people what metal was and why it's fun. I mean, 
it, some people just think it's complete and total darkness. But when I when I think about you know 80s metal and stuff, there's so much fun behind Metallica and Anthrax and Slayer. It's a different kind of fun, yeah, but it's definitely it's like horror movie fun. It's splatter film. That's fun. You know, you should be excited when you leave a crazy horror film. And that's what I think is the same feeling about this. The other thing is that I got excited about um, Metalocalypse for, and this is kind of my goal too, is to turn people on to guitar. Again, sometimes you don't have a cooler older sibling or a kid down the street to show you what guitar is and why it's cool. And the show got a lot of people excited about guitar. Yeah, that's really cool. It's funny, you, you, you nailed something on the head there because like recently I found out I have a, a channel on my TV called MTV Classics and I've been DVRing Metal Mayhem. They do like five-hour sets. Sure. And I sit there and I watch the videos and like the songs. Like it'll, it'll vary from, you know, death to uh, rat. You know, it'll go all over the place just like Headbangers yeah. Ball used to be back in the day, right? Sure. And I'm like, I just want kids to sit here and watch this and see this is like it's all got humor in it, all of it. Like, yeah, nothing serious. It's tongue in cheek. Like you said, it's got the blood splatter, all that stuff. But you're right. Um, it seems like somewhere down the line, it got real serious. And I don't know where, but... you know, that's happening to everything right now. You're right, I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching so many, sh- you, you know, and we were talking about Game of Thrones earlier. And as far as TV goes, there's a reason people keep coming back to Game of Thrones is that it's brutal and it's ruthless, but it's also fucking funny mm-hmm. as hell. And uh there's so much dry sarcasm and there's so much coping with comedy and coping with levity that actually happens every single moment in day-to-day life no one's dead serious if they are they're insane <laughs> you know everyone's got a sense of humor and that's one of the when i you know when i put up the flag in the air and said i i have a heavy metal show i want heavy metal people to be funny and everyone was like uh, i would really like to be funny please let me on your show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's everybody. This like I always thought like, Oh, cannibal corpse, that's five serial killers on stage. They'll kill you. And then I met them and they're like the most polite guys who hold doors open for people, have great senses of humor and are just professional, great people with very warped, dark minds that also have a sense of humor. And that's, that was the exciting lesson to learn. And I think that's, that goes with all shows right now. Some shows are just, it's really easy to kind of keep a camera on someone and play some kind of cue and watch them emote for, you know, 50 seconds or so. And it looks like you have a TV show, but the truth is that no one wants to see someone just weeping in an extreme close-up over some kind of drone. You need to be able to kind of tell a story and also have levity and, you know, anyway, now I'm preaching about TV right now, but Game of Thrones nailed it. They're funny. <laughs> You know, and I agree with everything you said, though, is because is things that used to be like sci-fi and horror, they were always like, hey, these aren't real. But now people yeah. are like, no, they are real. That's why it's so serious because you can but back in the day, you couldn't buy into Freddy Krueger exactly. So he had to have some good one liners, you know. Oh, man, he's but what a villain, like one of the coolest. Best. Yeah, like just he's well, he's he's got sure he's got one liners and he's <laughs> they definitely they definitely out of control at some point but but the first reveal of that character is so great just a guy that appears in your nightmares man yeah. his so one-liners good. challenge 
But Schwarzenegger so, and Commando. See, I'm just I'm saying, saying look, he's got some one-liners. There, there. <laughs> Schwarzenegger has never muttered a line, "Welcome to prime time, bitch," and rabbed someone's head through a TV. Like it's, you know, uh, you do something like that. that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, um, that that's. But yeah, what I mean is like, sure, there are jokes in that stuff, but it's just moment to moment levity. It's funny. Like there are movies that seem like the biggest bummer in the world. And I think some people think they are but like Manchester by the sea. Even that has jokes in it. It has levity. It has moments where you're kind of um, you've got the tension and the tension release. It's just this pulse that kind of keeps happening. And that's what happens when you have a good writer behind something, too. Very true. Yeah. Well, Brendan Small, dude, what an excellent, excellent interview. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed your previous work. I'm looking forward to a Galactic, Galactic, Galacticon 2. Spit it out. Become the storm. It's coming out <laughs> I August. I thought Metalocalypse was the most unpronounceable word. <laughs> <laughs> Galacticon 2, Become the Storm. It's coming out Friday, August 25th. Uh, Dude, we're looking so forward to, to this, and we're looking forward to other future projects from you as well. Uh, I hope everything works out for you, man. Thank you very much. And the comic book comes out August 2nd, and you can pre-order the album now. And if you do, you can hear My Name is Murder and a song called Nightmare, which are two pretty different songs that kind of indicate the nature of the record. Excellent. And we will play both those songs on the end of this episode, so you awesome, guys can man. get both of them for for a, a taste of that record. So once again, like Brandon was saying, Brandon Small's Galacticon 2, Become the Store, out Friday, August 25th. The comic book comes out, is that a Friday, the 7th? I don't even know. The 2nd. The 2nd, I so believe. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's going to be right. Friday, August 2nd, guys. Just keep it up. And uh, thanks again, Brandon, for giving us a call, man. Thanks.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
man. This is the coolest guy, man. Just, I, I'm telling you, me and my wife still, back to that interview, yeah. like, still, Mariana Trench. Do you remember that scene? <laughs> yeah, I do remember yeah. that. This is when they sang Mermaider. <laughs> <laughs> so, we uh, got to go to the deepest, darkest part of Earth. The songs, you so guys. Metal. There you go. No, I like it, dude. We could do we could do Metalocalypse quotes all day. All day. People long. would rather listen to that than our fucking uh, our our Trump thing. That That's we did not early. true. It's, I, it's think we changed, not. I think I we think changed it. the world with we what changed. we talked about. <laughs> I think I, I believe in myself enough to know that you and I just changed the world when yes. we just the way we just broke it all. Day. Every listener is like, you know what? I'm not gonna uh, embrace hate, right? So the songs we listen to, guys. The first one is off the new record, "Become the Storm," which out, comes out Friday. It is uh, Brendan Small's Galacticon Two. The song is called My Name is Murder. The second song is from a band in Canada that I got their record about a week and a half ago. I cannot stop listening to it. I don't know if they're super popular. The first time I ever heard of them, they're called Low Viatar, www.lowviatardoom.com. It's a self-titled record. Uh, I absolutely just love it. The song is called Nascent. And it's a Stygian Worm Part One. It's Part Three of the song, but oh, I love watching you struggle with, with words. the words. Oh, it's so, so yeah. We just wanted to add something boner, something new to you guys because, uh, dude, I, I fucking love this record. So it's it's I'm I'm always leaning towards the doom though. I people always say, hey, it broaden your horizons to power metal or something, and it's tough for me. Dude, man. like what you like. Love, That's all I'm telling. Dude, I love the doom. Down, Downs is the greatest band to me. So, right. <laughs> anyways, uh, all right, guys. So that is it for this week of the Metal Sucks podcast. We want to thank you guys for listening. We want to thank all you guys for those five star reviews we keep seeing pop up out of nowhere on the iTunes. You guys are great, um, and we will get to you guys next week. Thank you. Oh, and don't forget to check out the other podcast, Rise to Offend at you- Rise to Offend dot com. <laughs> you told me I could do that. The okay, Metal man. Sucks podcast is <laughs> signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.